Hey everyone, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life, and I want to welcome you to episode 30 of Lengthening Live, where the patients get to interview the guests. And today we are joined by a cosmetic stature lengthening patient, uh, Optimus, who was on the show previously, but we're going to do a recap to kind of tell you about his limb lengthening journey. Optimus, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Vic. Absolutely, man. So um, last time you were on, you had just started your lengthening journey, but now you're much further along. In fact, you're approaching the last little bit of length that you're going for. So for everybody who wasn't there last time, Optimus is doing bilateral femoral lengthening using the precise two nail in his femurs. Um, he's currently at seven and a half centimeters uh, and he's going for the full eight, which is the full uh, stroke of the nail. So Optimus, let's talk about how, how, how are you feeling right now? Pretty much like how, how's the pain? How, how are your legs feeling? <laughs> Great question. So it's definitely been a long journey. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I was fortunate enough in that I got to stay at the millimeter a day. I know a lot of patients actually get slowed down, mm-hmm. um, which is not a bad thing. Um, but I was, you know, for better or for worse, I stuck to a millimeter a day, which has had its consequences. So I do feel a bit more tightness and a, a bit more pain, especially in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the first 20 or 30 minutes of getting out of bed are kind of rough right now uh, for that last centimeter. Uh, but overall, I I feel like I'm doing okay. I'm my you know managing my energy levels, managing my pain levels, and kind of ready to just be done with distraction, which you know, as we all know, is the hardest hardest part of this entire process. Absolutely. So you said you're getting, you're, you're pretty tight when you wake up. Where do you feel the tightness the most? Is it like the hamstrings, like the calves, the hips, the hip flexors, the glutes? Where do you feel the tightness the most? My tightness, I think it's been different for different phases of distraction, I'd say. But overall, I think in the morning, the tightness is mostly, mostly in the hamstrings. Uh, but throughout the day, you know, I, I feel it both in quads and hamstrings. It's it's interesting. I feel like toward the beginning of distraction, it was mostly quads, where I'd feel that, you know, really, really like, you know, tight, uh, you know, vastus lateralis medialis, medialis muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, kind of after the, I would say around 50 millimeter mark is where I started to really feel it in the hamstrings. Yeah. And so, uh, it's tough. Like I think the best way I can describe, you know, the, that morning stiffness in the hamstrings is kind of imagine trying to flex your knee against like a stiff, you know, like a stiff board or like a almost like your your leg is stuck in like quicksand and you're trying to get it out of quicksand, but it's it's so hard to because it just feels so tight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to answer your question succinctly, it's that it's right now it's definitely the hamstrings, but. The quads have had their fair share of uh, tightness as well. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely heard that a lot from a lot of stature lengthening patients. They say that once they pass that five centimeter threshold, the hamstrings, the posterior chain, really starts to get you know very taut. Um, initially, you said the quads. That's interesting, but um, you know, a lot of people. It, I guess it depends on the the muscle imbalances that they had going into it. But very cool. So. Now, we just talked backstage a second ago, and you said that it's hard for you to stand up um, because you're tight. So you're nearly three inches taller right now. When you're using your walker, have you noticed the new height increase so far? Yeah, great question. So I, I actually, 
and a little bit disadvantaged in that my body weight is higher than probably 95 to 99% of patients who go through this procedure. So that is to say that I haven't used the walker nearly as much as, you know, other patients that I've met or most of the patients that I hear about who go through this surgery. Because of that, I, I don't really have, you know, I don't have many steps in the day that are on a walker. I'm mostly on a wheelchair and just doing transfers. The only time that I really get on a walker is to get to, get to the toilet or uh, get uh, to and from uh, my bike, which I have a home bicycle, which has been honestly one of the best things I've invested into this, for this surgery. But uh, yeah, pretty much just in the shower, to and from the toilet, and, and, uh, to, and sometimes to and from my bed mm-hmm. or my bike are the only times that I use it. So. However, like there is a huge mirror in, in the bedroom and there have been times where I kind of take a little bit of a risk, try to straighten my back out, straighten my hips out and my knees. And I definitely feel the three inches. Like I could, I could both see and feel them. Yeah. Um, but you'd be surprised how much, you know, height you can lose just from having tight knees or even tight hips. It can be up to, honestly, up to an inch. Um, most of the time, like half an inch. So I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll fully feel the effect until I start walking and I'm able to engage in activities that I was able to engage in pre-surgery. But as far as like feeling the height now, I, I, the answer is yes. And, you know, a kind of follow up question I know you probably didn't ask, but I'm sure people are thinking is how does it feel? It feels amazing. It's absolutely one of the most gratifying feelings you could have as a man. That's awesome. That is truly amazing because that's exactly what you wanted to get out of this procedure and you've gotten it. Um, But it's only going to get better as you do start to get back to your old self. Now, um, Optimus, I want to ask you a little bit about your checkups with uh, Dr. D. Everybody, his surgeon is um, Dr. Debbie Prashad at Limp Plastics in Las Vegas, um, if you weren't here on the last live stream. And I want to kind of talk about your checkups, your biweekly checkups or however often you went in. What were they like? What was his feedback based on your progress? great question so yeah the overall i would say my follow-ups have been unremarkable which is a very good word in the medical field you don't want things to be remarkable that means that something is either you know worrisome or or going very very wrong so things have been kind of trekking along and you know dr d has and his x-ray tech have both used the word you know textbook uh this has been a textbook lengthening you know, millimeter a day, my x-ray, my body is making bone just as it should. I'm not making too much or too little. And I'm not developing any joint contractures. I don't have any issues with excessive pain um, or, you know, decreased range of motion. So uh, those those visits have been, honestly, it, they're just very quick. They're, they're just like uh, to see, you know, are, are my legs lengthening? Uh, bilaterally, equally, appropriately, and is my, you know, is my regenerate present and is it sufficient? And all those things have been uh, checked off. So I've, I've had a very, uh, you know, very unremarkable, I guess, I guess, distraction phase. Uh, that's not to say that it hasn't been difficult, but uh, those follow-up visits, um, Dr. G has done a great job at, at main, you know, constantly checking to see if I have pain, numbness, or if I've had any contractures and, and he's been very good at making sure that, you know, nothing is worrisome along the way. So I'm happy to say that things, things have gone well. 
Yeah, that sounds like it. Now, what did he say about, do you have any nerve pain or nerve irritation? Because I hear a lot of stature patients, once they approach the eight centimeter mark, you know, they start to get like nerve tingling, nerve stinging, nerve irritation, essentially. Um, but you said that you've had a text, textbook lengthening. So I'm assuming no. Yeah, so my, mine has been very, very minimal. Uh, I think Dr. Robbins probably gave uh, one of the best responses on your channel about about this uh, topic, about the topic of nerve irritation slash numbness. Mm -hmm. And uh, generally, you know, what happens is uh, if you're lengthening above the knee, and so in other words, in the femur, the nerve symptoms tend to happen, I think in most cases, below the knee. Mm -hmm. And they t tend to happen anteriorly. So that is on the shin bone, either on the medial surface, kind of closer to the uh, calf or on the lateral surface, kind of closer to that tibialis muscle. Mm -hmm. For me, it happened more medially, kind of in, for those who know their anatomy, it's kind of along the saphenous nerve and the sural nerve distribution. A very small patch of just, I would call it like, like slightly decreased sensation, uh, but it wasn't anything remarkable. It wasn't anything worrisome mm -hmm. and it was never painful. Uh, that could change in the next few days, but, uh, but as far as I know, and you know, this is from Dr. D from Dr. Robbins, all these great surgeons who have had plenty of experience uh, dealing with patients by and large nerve symptoms are non-worrisome and tend to resolve on their own. And I, and I already, I already sort of experienced, experienced that okay. after going through, you know, physical therapy and maintaining my stretching regime. So, uh, to answer your question, I have, I have had some minor nerve symptoms. I have not taken medications or anything for them, nor do I plan to. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm not worried about them. Um, and uh, and I'm sure that they, they won't interfere with my lengthening. So. Very cool. Now, yeah. Optimus, another big topic and an aspect of this whole lengthening process, and you just mentioned it, is physiotherapy. And we talked about it briefly in your last, um, you know, live is you know, basically trying to rehab and, you know, keep mobility and function as much as possible. Now you were working with, um, Dr. D's PT over there. Um, his name is slipping out of my mind right now. Mike Russell. M Mike, Mike, the PT, PT Russell. Yes. And, um, tell us a little bit about your physical therapy experience. Great, uh, great questions as, as always, but I'm here with, uh, the cyborg himself. So expect nothing, <laughs> expect nothing less here. Uh, <clears throat> So I've, I've, uh, I've been very lucky in that, and, and, you know, this is probably true for a lot of the centers in the U.S. and, you know, having a physical therapist who works, um, uh, with limb lengthening patients, they don't have to work only with limb lengthening patients. I'm sure a lot of physical therapists have a lot of variety experience, uh, experience in dealing with multiple conditions, but Mike has been very, very good. He's very, very knowledgeable about limb lengthening. He's, uh, he constantly asks for patient feedback. He takes notes of, you know, when things are working for patients and when, when things aren't or not. And so, um, you know, I've, I've been going five days a week and, and, you know, I've gotten to know him very well. You know, he's probably one of the, honestly, I mean, one of the best medical practitioners I, I've ever worked with. Very, very pleasant man, very responsive. He works closely with Dr. D and is always communicating with his team to make sure you know, that, that Dr. D is aware of anything going on with patients. So that's something that I've appreciated very much. Um, but as far as the PT itself, frankly, I, I enjoy PT. I, I think it's, some people say it makes them feel more sore or more tender mm -hmm. afterwards. And, and that, that can be true in some cases, depending on what you're doing that day. But 
But I actually think that by and large, physical therapy is therapeutic, as the name implies. You know, you, I tend to feel better, less pain, less stiffness, you know, um, increased range of motion after every physical therapy session. So I, I've had a great time with it, even though sometimes it can get painful. Um, I think so long as somebody, you know, can expect that sometimes it'll be painful. Uh, the physical therapist will make you aware of things, you know, things getting painful. And sometimes they'll pull back if it's too painful too. So yeah. make sure you communicate with your physical therapist if something is causing, you know, too much pain or it's unbearable. And so that way they can modify it as accordingly for you. So. Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like you have the right mindset and, you know, take on physical therapy because a lot of people I've, I've gotten, you know, questions of people saying, do I really need physical therapy? Do I really need it? And I'm like, yeah, you do. So <laughs> I'm glad uh, I'm glad you really said that. Um, now, Optimus, another big worry that patients have uh, when undergoing stature lengthening is proportions. I mean, it's I'd be worried about it. I mean, it's one thing that, you know, any man who's getting this done it's cosmetic. You want to look good on both ends. You want to be tall, but you also want to have decent proportions. So you're doing your femurs. You're going for the full eight centimeters. Um, I think we spoke and you said you had decent proportions going into it, but now they're going to be skewed. Are you seeing any differences in your proportions when you're, you know, um, lounging around the house? What, what is your proportions or your take on your proportions right now? Honestly, it's hard to tell just because I haven't been able to ambulate without the use of crutches and 90, 95% of my time is spent on a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I'm not really able to sort of figure out if I do look out of proportion or if it looks bad or if it looks good. Mm -hmm. I think as far as I can tell from what I can see in the mirror, I honestly think having long femurs is, looks good. It's actually aesthetically pleasing. And I used to think that this, this is probably only true for women because a lot of, you know, female models tend to have long legs. Um, but I actually think it's also true in men. I don't know what it is about the femur, but, um, you know, I think even Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger himself had, you know, his, his, uh, his femurs looked very long and they were definitely a centerpiece of his, of his physique. And so I think that, I actually think having long femurs can be aesthetically pleasing, especially if they're more muscular. Yeah. I came, I came into the surgery with some, with thunder thighs. I had, you know, pretty wide thighs and I tended to store a lot of my fat in my thighs. So in a lot of ways, this surgery uh, helped with the, my proportions because it took like my, my kind of sausage thighs and, <laughs> and extended them out, <laughs> if you will. And so I actually think that for me, I'm, I, so far, I think I look better with longer femurs. That may change when I can ambulate and, you know, I ha start to have a stride and my arm swing comes back, but I don't anticipate it being an issue. I think that Dr. Rosbrook said it best. The arms are, are judged relative to the trunk, not relative to the body, to the total body length right. or to the, or even to leg length. And so because of that, I think so long as someone, you know, someone has a normal, you know, appropriate, appropriately sized trunk and correspondingly appropriately sized arm be, arms beforehand. I don't think the surgery is going to have too much of an impact on that. Um, in other words, if somebody had shorter arms pre-surgery or longer arms pre-surgery, 
lengthening the femurs is not going to really affect that because people be focused on the arms in relation to the trunk. So I think I don't think people should be concerned about that. But if if it is something that you know, if someone's going into modeling and they want to have artistically precise proportions, it might be worth you know considering doing mock-ups and things of the sort. But yeah. I'm not concerned about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people reach out to me about proportions and, you know, they'll send me like mock-up shots and whatnot. And uh, having a trained eye myself, I can tell them like, oh, yeah, your arms are a little bit on the short side. Um, you'd be better off with a more conservative amount. Or like you said, it's judged by the torso, which usually doesn't affect things for femur length. And now if they do quadrilateral, then yeah, sure. Um, things are different, but very cool. So that was proportions. Um, another aspect that I want to kind of like address is... Um, <sighs> It slipped my mind for a second. Um, yeah, recovery, recovery. So now that you're approaching the end of your lengthening pro uh, phase, you're going to be entering the consolidation phase where your bones heal, they harden, and you can finally start to weight bear, you know, as your bone cortices form. What is your take on that? Are you optimistic, you know, pun intended, about being able to walk, you know, in a timely fashion um, without much trouble, you know, we're talking about possibly tight hip flexors, tight IT, uh, IT band or abductors, where you may have a little bit of a waddle. Um, and what is your take on possibly, uh, you know, in terms of like muscle recovery, like getting back, like we'll talk about nutrition and supplementation, but like muscle recovery in terms of like having enough strength to ambulate properly. I think in terms of the bone, I'm, not super concerned because I had, you know, initially I was a good bone maker and I think in my more recent x-rays I was uh, found to be like a slightly above average bone maker. So, um, and uh, I, I do plan on asking my doc, my surgeon for some medications that are typically prescribed for, you know, osteoporosis. Um, but, you know, can, can, in, in my view, I, I work in the medical field, and I think that can they can also help during consolidation. There's really no reason to not add on a medication that can help with bone density, especially during consolidation. So kind of that, that's sort of a different topic, but that, that sort of leads me to really not be worried about what my bone is going to do, you know, so long as I maintain my nutrition and supplementation, which I have been throughout. Um, I'm a bit of a nerd, especially when it comes to supplementation. So, uh you know, my, my stack, you know, I don't plan on stop. I don't plan on stopping all my supplements or really any of them. So I think I'll just, that, that'll be fine. Um, as far as the soft tissue component, you know, I, I definitely do have a bit of a, a flexion contracture of the hip, mm -hmm. which, which is colloquially referred to as duck ass in the community. And that's, for me, I think that's, that's, uh, being caused mostly by tight hip flexors uh, and, and also really the tight uh, fascia lata that happens with, with the surgery. It's sort of inevitable that the fascia that surrounds the muscles of the thigh uh, get, get really tight. And so that tends to pull the, uh, the pelvic bones and, and the sacrum forward. Mm -hmm. um, but I think walking is really one of the antidotes to that. So I'm sort of just expecting to have that for at least a few weeks after surgery, which I don't mind. I've, I've scheduled in enough time to, you know, post distraction. And, you know, when, when I am ambulating to work on my flexibility, increase my range of motion, get rid of really that contracture. Um, and my P, my PT reassured me that, that that will get better in time. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I will, this is a great, you know, spot to, to mention though, uh, I'm sure the community is probably aware that Dr. D is, is doing what's called the accelerated weight bearing program yeah. where he goes in at the end of distraction or a week or two after and places trauma nails. He basically takes out the precise 2.2 nails, places trauma nails bilaterally. And, uh, this is to basically convert the precise into a, effectively a stride nail. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan on doing that surgery because I'm a heavier guy and I do want to start practicing my walk right away. Yeah. And so uh, I think with that surgery, from what I've heard from the patients who've had it, it's been entirely positive. Patients are able to start walking right, you know, almost right away. And that means that they're able to get the neuromuscular you know and the proprioceptive aspects of walking locked in and and, and really retrained and so i think that i look forward to that and being able to do that because i i I anticipate that my normal gait will come back sooner than average precise 2.2 patient for sure for sure absolutely and i think that that's one of the biggest benefits of having a weight bearing nail is having the like you said the proprioception those little stabilizer muscles that you won't have with a precise, it, it, well, they will come, but just much further down the line. Awesome. So yeah, you're very optimistic about all that. That's great. You're a great bone maker. So you have no worries about that as well. Um, so the next thing I kind of want to do before we hop into the live chat and answer some of the questions that the, um, the uh, live stream audience has for you is to talk about um, some more of the mindset. I know you brought some amazing golden nuggets to our last uh, chat. And I know that, you know, we want to kind of, kind of continue that a little bit. So I want to talk about mindset. And then before we go into the live chat, I want to talk about, um, just, you know, a little bit of your nutrition and supplementation regimen. Um, because you were going to, we were, we were going to talk about that more here and then I'll probably have you on a round table in the future where we can really get into the uh, nitty gritty of that. But let's talk about mindset optimist, if you will, about how you have been keeping yourself busy, what has your your mindset been like? Your mental state has it been, you know, I'd say majoritarily um, in the made. I can't even talk today. Um, more positive than negative. What has it been like? Great question. Yeah, and so I think you know we have to take down the last video. So if you don't mind, I'll just reiterate exactly what I said last time uh, with with a little bit of a mod- modification in regards to cosmetic stature lengthening. I think. You know, one of the things that the surgeons don't talk about because they are not psychiatrists and a lot of a lot of them don't work directly with psychologists or psychiatrists. I think that if an individual is undergoing cosmetic stature lengthening as an escape from reality, as a way to fix, you know, a, a part of their life that they feel like is screwed up, to fill a void, you know, to run from another problem. I think those are all, you know, wrong, wrong reasons to do it. Um, I also think that, you know, and, and this is not to generate shame. I think that there's a lot of stigma around mental health in, in our in our world, and it's unfortunate. But if you, as a, as a prospective patient, are experiencing any sort of anxiety, depression, you know, any mental health disorder surrounding trauma that you have never really sorted out. If it's you know hard to leave the house, if it's hard to un- engage in your activities of daily living, like brushing your teeth, personal care, hygiene, you know, uh, going out with friends and socializing. If those things, you know, don't feel 
like good to you or they're hard for you to engage in. I think that this isn't the, this is not the time to do cosmetic stature lengthening or really undergo any major surgery at all because I think that the the best the best patients aren't even necessarily just the hardest workers, but they're also the ones that have their life sorted out more or less before they go through this procedure. And so my recommendation to everyone is and and you know there's no shame in this is to find a psychiatrist that you like that you uh that listens to you that you're able to talk with about your personal issues um and this is more true if you are suffering from anxiety or depression get those things sorted out whether that's through with medications you know therapy or both um and you know make sure you you are you do have the financial means uh you know for the surgery but also about 20 percent more than the surgery cost for everything else that can happen and that's, and then also the time, you know, that the, all those boxes should really be checked off before you undergo the surgery because, you know, it's going to, it's going to tax you in ways that you've never been, you know, never been taxed and it's stress on both the body and the mind. And so I just want to say that to the community, like, you know, cause there, there is a risk of, you know, any cosmetic procedure attracting people who are trying to run from something. And the, the last thing I would want for someone is for them to go through the surgery and end up in a worse place than they were before. So uh, just as a PSA for the community there. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that back. That's exactly what I was hinting on. I'm I'm glad you uh, mentioned that again. Um, Great stuff. So Optimus, now, um, but before we go into the nutrition, the supplementation, can you talk a little about how you've been keeping yourself um, entertained? during the day because i know from my lengthening experience that you know it it was hard i mean like literally there was that's kind of like where i took on the name cyborg every day was like a machine-like meticulous uh monotonous type day it's like the same thing after another but you had to break it up so what did you do to break it up was it video games watching tv i know that you're you're busy in the medical field but what what did you do um if you can give us like a typical day uh rundown absolutely the the primary focus of my day was really the physical therapy. Mm-hmm. I made sure that I scheduled physical therapy five times a week, which, you know, ended up being a, you know, it was one hour of, the, of therapy, but the commute going there and back mm-hmm. effectively two hours. Um, I made sure to get a full night's sleep, uh, made sure that I did at least an hour of a, a home physical therapy. Good. Um, and so, you know, I use the road to resurgence um, <laughs> routine for that, which has been tremendous. A uh, little shout out, shout out to you, Vic, for putting that together. Yeah. Um, although I will admit, a lot of the upper body strength exercises were were really tough to do, especially for the first four to six weeks, because yeah. distractions no joke. It's really hard to focus on anything, and you know it's 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 taxing, and your your mind is sort of drained. It's it's really hard to. I have the energy for much more than just the actual lengthening, but um, beyond the physical stuff, beyond the stretching routines and the you know the the physical therapy routines, the the the, the range of motion, um, and I actually have a home cycle as well. I spend probably an hour every day on my bike. Nice. Um, aside from all that, I think really bad reality TV shows are <laughs> awesome for length for distraction yeah. because they're kind of brainless in that you can just put them on and not really think about anything. <laughs> um, 
I, I'll give a shout out here for shows like Love is Blind, um, uh, Too Hot to Handle, fantastic for lengthening because it's just really bad reality TV. Um, there's also other ones that, you know, I'm sure everybody has heard about, but uh, but there's also good, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, not all reality TV, sh TV shows are bad. Things like S Survivor and Amazing Race are a lot of fun. So, um, the reason the reason I say reality TV because like it's it's hard to pay attention to you know intricate storylines and character development and all that stuff during distraction. So that's why I, things like and don't don't feel bad about it, guys. Like we we all know reality TV is is addictive. It's not necessarily the the best thing for humanity because it depicts people in these you know pretty bad lights. But you know you need something to, to pass the time. So <laughs> no shame. Um, but other other than that, I think um, some days I was able to read, other days I wasn't. I think mm. one of the most surprising things about distraction to me was how mentally exhausting it is. It's it's be it's beyond just physical. It's also mentally exhausting. The body is really in this constant state of repair and inflammation, yeah. uh, and because of that. It takes up a lot of your, a lot of your, like, you know, willpower, a lot of your mental energy and physical energy. So don't feel bad if you feel like doing nothing some days, but I do encourage people to try to have things set in place to look forward to, like a, like a TV show episode or talking with a family member or a friend. Um, uh, but yeah, and also I guess the third thing was socializing. I, I tried to socialize with fellow limb lengthening patients nice. here at the hotel. Uh, stay in touch with my family. They've come to visit me and they've been helpful throughout the process, which has been great. That's awesome. And, uh, and also, um, I guess the last thing would be just everything else, like your, you know, your typical, you know, hygiene, shower, sleep, spend some time in the pool, which has been nice to highly recommend hydrotherapy. So hope that answers your question. I think that's Absolutely. pretty much yeah, what I do. That was very, very detailed. That was awesome. And that's exactly kind of like what I did. It's like you have to find something to do to keep your mind on it, um, off of lengthening because it's going to kind of come up like a sore thumb. Very cool. So before we hop into the live chat, let's talk a little bit about your nutrition and supplementation. We can do surface level if you want, and then we'll do more of a round table with other patients in the future. But um, I know you are, like you said, you're a nerd about this stuff, just like I am. Um, talk about, you know, let's talk about the meals and the nutrition first um, and the importance of that. And then let's, you know, dive into the supplementation. You can talk about what you're taking, how much you're taking, what forms you're taking, and then we can go right into the live chat. Absolutely. As far as nutrition, I I saved up a bit extra for this surgery because I knew that for I kind of assumed that during distraction I would not be cooking, and so I just accepted the fact that I'm not going to become a master chef. I'm not going to become a meal prep fitness person or anything like that during distraction. So I kind of it took off a lot of pressure, you know, just knowing that okay, I have this money set aside just for food. So my strategy for uh, for, you know, the first, especially the first two months of distraction was to uh, get mostly uh, pre-ordered frozen, you know, pre-ordered frozen meals from companies that are, you know, uh, that, you know, ship pre-made frozen meals to, to your house and that count the calories as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to shout any of them out right now just so people don't think I'm at trying to advertise anyone, but there, there's plenty of them. Um, just as long as they give you an accurate count of the calories. I actually track my calories re religiously. 
and made sure that I was eating at, at at least maintenance for the first few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, I am a bigger guy. And what I did discover about the surgery is that if you do have excess body fat, I would say that you, you can actually afford to eat below maintenance and your body will still make bone. Um, and that, and that was true for my case. And, uh, and I think it makes, it makes a lot of sense because the body, because fat is ultimately, an you know, a form of energy store, it, it can, it can tap into that energy store to even to repair bone. So, uh, I'm happy to see that that worked. But however, I think for most patients who are, you know, normal body weight, normal body fat or average, uh, they probably want to make sure they don't go under maintenance for too long because that can actually, if, I, I suspect it can actually affect bone health. Um, but yeah, so I, as far as calories go, you know, eating at maintenance or even a little bit of a, of a maintenance calories is important. And I'm sure, you know, there's plenty of, of, of weight calculators out there you can, Used to figure out what, approximately how many calories your body body burns a day, um, and then Vic, you have some great videos on on, on uh, nutrition as well. So I defer I defer people to to go and watch those. Um, as far as food choice goes, like having whole leafy greens, uh, you know, in at least two meals a day, fruits, um, especially berries, are fantastic, um, and. Uh, you know, not going too heavy on the carbs is in the beginning, but I think that I think having a moderate carbohydrate diet is, is important, especially for physical therapy. You don't want to be glycogen depleted throughout, you know, throughout distraction. It's uh, it makes PT a lot harder. It makes stretching a lot harder. So, um, you know, don't go too low on the carbs, I would say to, to people. Um, and then obviously maintaining a moderate to high protein intake. Um I had a whey protein shake every morning. It was, you know, one scoop of whey protein, scoop of blueberries and some frozen kale. And that was kind of a, you know, a sort of tradition. My, my morning, something to look forward to in the morning. I really do love the taste of a lot of these new protein powders. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's like what, what I did on, in terms of nutrition. Nothing too complicated there. Um, I mean, that's everything I'm right there for the nutrition. I mean, that's pretty much what everybody needs to know is like, I love what you said about the calories because people don't realize that that's super important. That's like calories are king and, you know, macro ratios, they come second. But like, if you're not, you know, like you said, um, your body weight isn't over a certain amount or you don't have enough body fat to, you know, tap into and you're a thinner person, then you should definitely try to eat in a slight surplus because that's going to you know, ensure that you have good bone regenerate formation. So very good. And, you know, key point that you brought up there. Um, and then you also said about um, the protein, I think that's right. Do you what other type of whole proteins do you eat besides whey protein shakes, though? I really like uh, egg whites. This okay. is gonna sound gross. I, I learned this from someone on YouTube. If you add some like sugar free chocolate syrup to like raw like raw egg whites and then you mix it up in like a in like a protein uh like a blender bottle it's actually pretty good it's, it sounds gross like just drinking straight egg whites but uh i found out to be a fantastic source of protein especially for those people who are you know struggling to get their protein in um struggling to get you know crack 100 120 or 140 gram, whatever, whatever it is for that individual um you know, through, through, through other means, like, you know, eating things like lean chicken breast, turkey, things like that. So I think that that's, that's one. I also like, um, uh, quest protein bars are, are nice. Cause they're like a little treat, um, kind of satisfy like sweet tooth, uh, for people. 
and uh, I guess other protein sources like lean meats for sure, chicken. Um, I, I mentioned egg whites already. I think uh, lactose-free milk. It's not like it doesn't have the most protein in the world, but um, so, something about drinking milk feels very appropriate when you're you know rehealing your bones. So shout outs to milk. So. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's what I would say for, for protein. That's perfect stuff. Yeah, and I I, I really am glad you brought that up because protein is key. Uh, you know, for healing. Um, great. So let's talk about your your supplementation a little bit here, because I mean that's one of the big things that everybody wants to know is like what calcium, how much calcium, vitamin D three, multivitamin. Let's talk a little bit about that. You're the nerd. You're the specialist in that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So they sort of the easy route. For, for supplementation is to find a, you know, uh, a single company that makes a, a, a bone, uh, a bones, a bone stack that, you know, you could just take, you know, three or four pills for and call it a day. Unfortunately, I, I've yet to find a single company that, you know, has combined all the important bone nutrients into one pill. Um, however, there is one that came close. They, they, they were off on one of the ingredients, particularly the magnesium. Are you okay with me, you know, shouting out? I have no financial sure, affiliations sure. with any. Um, you know, shout out to a company called Life Extension. Uh, they tend to make a lot of, a lot of their stuff is evidence-based. They use both evidence-based ingredients, but also dosages, which is really important. A lot of people think that it's enough to just have the ingredient. But if you don't, if you don't know how much of the ingredient is in the supplement, it's like, what's the point, you know? And so Life Extension is very good, very obsessive about getting the right ingredients. So their bone restore supplement, I think, is fantastic. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that is a is a uh, additional form of magnesium, particularly magnesium chloride. Okay. So I think if someone wants just like a quick and easy, like you know, hey Optimus, what's like a quick, just what something I can buy on Amazon? Start. I would say Life Extension's Bone Restore combined with. Slow mag, it's called, which is just magnesium chloride combined with a little bit of calcium and uh, I believe it's zinc. But um, those two will, will – what's up? Is uh, life extension is, – is it an efficacious dose? Is it like enough for actual – does it also have a good bioavailability? Yeah. So they have the, the form of calcium in it. It's uh, one of the more bioavailable forms of calcium. It's actually a calcium complex. Okay. Um, so that's like that's like the – it's a, a little bit pricey, but I think, yeah. you know, undergoing something like a surgery, it's, you want to make sure that you're yeah. taking in everything your bone needs. So they hit, they hit all the bases when it comes to boron, silicon, um, silica, or you could say silica as well. Um, and and some, of, some of the other nutrients, manganese, what's that? The phosphorus too? Y yeah. So that's the third, the third component is, um, so there, there is a form of, of calcium, uh, called microcrystalline hydroxyapatite, which you, I think you and I have talked about before, uh, MCHA for short. Mm -hmm. I actually think that that's probably a better supplement for consolidation yeah. than it is dysfunction. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't have any evidence for that because unfortunately there's very little published in the world of I know. limb lengthening. I look, I look forever. My, <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> clinical intuition and also having gone through the surgery is that I think having a low dose of MCHA during distraction is, is, is probably good. But then mm -hmm. as soon as consolidation hits, that's when you want to kind of go max dose, right. which is somewhere around three to 500 milligrams of MCHA along with the bone restore. Um, yeah. and, and the one, Oh, I, I forgot to mention one other one, um, vitamin K, 
vitamin K1, K2. K2 yeah. uh, un- unfortunately, they're not they're not really talked about very much, but they are important for yeah. bone healing. And that's especially true in the setting where a lot of patients are placed on a blood thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think having you know sufficient amounts of uh, vitamin K is also important. And so my my, fav- my my personal favorite brands when it comes to supplements and when I say favorite, I mean companies that have been vetted by third party labs uh, are Life Extension. Uh, Jero is very good, but but also caveats pricey. Yeah. So I really like uh, Jero's vitamin D and vitamin K complex. It's fantastic. Um, as well as as far as workout supplements go, uh, a company called Legion. Again, I don't have any affiliations with any of these companies. Uh, I just I think that clinically speaking, again, digging into the literature, being having a background in literature and, and medical science myself, I just think that these are the best. Uh, on, on those terms, I think so. Legion makes a fantastic pre-workout supplement, um, as well as a multi. But I think that I would not recommend their multi because they have too many interactions with medications. So um, that's that's sort of my approach to supplementations. And there's like there's additional ones I can talk about, but they're not really as important for bone bone health as these ones. That's awesome, man. That's that's super helpful. I know that a lot of people are going to pick up a lot of good, helpful information from that. Um, besides, like what their doctors giving them for pain meds and whatnot. So, very cool stuff, Optimus. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and spend some time answering some of the live chat questions that people have been piling in here. So, we're going to go ahead and start. I'm going to throw the chat questions on screen, and if you can't see them, just let me know. But I'll read them out loud here. So, our guy Benjamin Minoza is back. He is asking, "What was your previous height before, and how tall are you now?" I was, so I actually, uh, apparently I was a little bit taller than I had previously anticipated. Um, I had a standing x-ray done, which put me actually at pretty close to 174. I thought I was like high 172s, uh, which is about almost exactly 5'8", but I think I'm actually like like just a hair under 5'9", so like 5'8.7 or 6 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um so roughly about 174 centimeters, 173-ish, somewhere between there. Uh, and, you know, as of right now, I'm 7.5 centimeters plus 184, so whatever that is. But at the very end of the surgery, I, I think standing, you know, standing height, morning, good posture, I'll probably be about 182, 183. That's crazy, man. So that's going to be like near that... 5'11 or 5, I think it's closer to 6 foot. I don't, I'd have to do the yeah, numbers. Yeah, just a hair, just a hair under 6 foot, which yeah. is exciting. <laughs> That'd be really exciting, man. Congratulations. Okay. Um, his next question is, <clears throat> the more you lengthen up to the 5 to 7 centimeter range, did you feel any tightness? Oh, you, we mentioned this earlier, but you, you mentioned this as well. You got more, t- more tight in your hamstrings as you lengthened further, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And I think Dr. Gadelovich probably put this best. I would say one to three is easy mode. Yeah. Three to three to five is medium mode, medium to medium hard. And then five to eight, especially six to eight is hard mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's been very true by and large and has been confirmed by so many patients I've talked to and also by, by, by physical therapists has confirmed this as well. Um, the six to eight is just a different game. You're going to be much more tired and much more pain 
it's actually some mornings it's actually hard to get out of bed because you truly feel like you can't move. <laughs> um, and I think this is actually where a lot of the mental game of lengthening comes in, where you have to sort of not be concerned that your tightness and your lack of range of motion or your loss of range of motion is permanent because it's not permanent. I promise you it's not permanent. I think the patients that end up quitting think that they're harming their bodies permanently. Yeah. And that's only true if you're having some major gnarly nerve symptoms or pain or like, you know, severe contractures. Right. But if you're doing PT, that's like almost impossible. I really, it's really, or if you had some really bad pre-op flexibility, which I think is rare. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, I know I, I probably answered more of what Ben was asking, but, um, Answer is yes, you do feel more tightness. There's ups and downs. There's some, some days that are tighter than others. It's like a sort of a roller coaster. Um, but I think with the right mindset, right physical therapy routine and right support network, the eight centimeters is absolutely possible. Wow, man, I love what you brought up there. You really said a few things is that if you're doing physical therapy and stretching constantly, it, you'll do pretty well as long as you're staying within safe lengthening limits. Um, I think a lot of people, they slack off. And I also think that um, they go for bizarre amounts of length. But if you're doing everything you're supposed to, 